founder of Allison's Brand School, and technically, I'm not a therapist, but I am really good at coaching humans on how to get clear about the work they're doing. By listening to others spill their guts, I know you'll relate, relieve some stress, and find the tools to freaking do what you feel called to do. Hello, boss babes. Welcome to Business Therapy, episode 16, Getting Back Up When You've Been Knocked Down. Do we have to do some Chumbawamba or do we skip past it? I get knocked down. No, stop. Getting back up when you've been knocked down. I am so excited for this episode and really, really grateful to my friend Niles for doing this episode with me. He was so vulnerable and so open after getting knocked down. And we'll talk about how Niles lost his job, this job that he loved and has just been in this place of what next. And I was really excited to do this little bit of a different type of episode because I really feel like this is something we can all relate to. We've all lost jobs or somebody that, you know, our our husband, our partner, our wife, they've maybe lost their job and it's affected us. Our dad or mom has, right? Like this is something that happens all the time and it can feel so isolating and we feel, you know, there's shame around it. There's just a lot going on there. But I talked to Niles about seeing this beautiful opportunity and all of the really, some of the best things in, in our life came from Eric losing his job when I was pregnant with Rad, our second child. And I really, really feel very passionate about this. I'm so excited for you guys to have this episode. Before we get into it, I want to remind you tickets are going very quickly for our Build an Awesome Brand Workshop in Arizona. And this might be one of your last opportunities to get them. It's on November 11th and we want you there. If you've been loving the podcast, if you like the way I teach, if you like the examples. If you think that you would like other people who like talking this way, then holy crap, the workshop is just so next level. How deep we go. You think you like business therapy questions? Wait till you come to the Build an Awesome Brand workshop. Be sure to check that out and not to wait for some distant future because it's changing. The price will always increase. We're going to make it smaller. We're going to just do it a couple times a year possibly. So this really is the time to get in and we would love to have you there. Now let's get into my interview with Niles. This is Niles. Hi. And we've known each other for how long? Middle school. Okay, but so we weren't in middle school at the same time. No, but you were in middle school. I mean, I'm school. just saying I'm was, so young. I was so young. <laughs> I knew your brother, Kurt. Yeah. Water polo, and then I met your family. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so what kind of prompted this conversation, and I'm super interested to see where you are at now, is you worked at Nordstrom. For 17 years. For 17 years. And that's literally how we were friends, because I would see you at Nordstrom, and then we would get to hang out there. (laughs) So you're you're working there, and you loved your work there. I did. I loved the people I worked with. I loved my Mm -hmm. job. I think that what kept me there the longest amount of time was the clients were, they're still mm. family to me. And like 80, yeah. 80% of my clients come from here in Provo. 
which is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, but I loved it. But times are changing, and they really are, yeah. especially for like in in person store, like a bricks and mortar. Yeah. And so Niles reached out. He lost his job, April and that 1st. sucked. Yeah, it really. Su- it still sucks. It still sucks. I'm still figuring it out. Yes. Slowly. I'm back in school. Okay, so you decided to go back in school. Yeah. Well, I had four classes. Now I have three. Got awesome. An, got an AMLS class. The reason why I'd never finished school is my poor mother got sick from breast cancer. And yeah, I just kind of quit and focused on her and work. And then work just got in the way. It was a really good job. was able to buy a house and everything. So Well, and I feel like you felt in your element there. Oh, yeah. And people would ask me all the time, like, how how did you know how to style? How do you know how to... I was a personal stylist, by the way. Yeah. How do you know to style people, you know? And people would ask me all these questions. And I was like, I don't know really how to answer all those questions. It just kind of came and I loved it. And so what would you say was your favorite part of the job? My favorite part of the job was making people happy, making people feel inspired and whatever. Like, I mean, if I could, I'd love to be like the next, or work for Ellen DeGeneres and just make people happy. And so that's where I found my joy was making people happy and inspiring them. And do you like styling for a specific person? Like, like you're like, if I could only dress this type of person, I like doing that. Are you happy doing it on a photo shoot? Are you happy doing it for a television show? Do you like the idea of having a personal relationship with one person that you're styling and dressing? Or do you like the idea of, oh, there's six people and they all need to look this way? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I love all of it, actually. Like being on a photo shoot and I've been on a movie set and other stuff. It's um, a lot of energy, a lot of quick thinking, a lot of just, you know, you're on the spot. But I think the most joy that I got out of my job is when I would get appointments from people. One example is I had a guy come in and he was wearing Kirkland Costco pants and shirt. I mean, he's like this real estate investor. I said, okay, I just told him what to put on. And he lost literally 15, 20 pounds right there just from the way he wore things differently. Yeah. Then later that night, you know, sent me a picture of all the clothes that he threw away. And he came back and spent over $15,000. Like, oh my gosh. The next day. And the other thing I noticed is that people, especially in couples or even a son and mom or a daughter and mom or anything like that, those people won't listen to you. They like outside opinions. And so when they come in, like say you came in with your husband, they don't listen to their significant others. They listen to the outside source. Well, you're the expert and the authority in that scenario. Yeah, I guess so. But I've never really like... Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? When you tell me I look at it, I'm like, oh, I just look so good. (laughs) Honestly, the only reason that I watch your videos half the time is just, well, it's the motivational energy and your style is so unique and just... (laughs) Thank you. So I love this because I thought of two things. One, you get your energy, I think, from people and being around people. And that's what I noticed about not having a job. Yes. I mean, I was on the couch for a couple months. Yeah. Gained weight. And then one day I was just like, okay, I've got to just start going to the gym, doing fasted cardio and lost 18 pounds. And you, I mean, you look amazing. You look like you're feeling good. I'm doing better. Yeah, good. for sure. But my boyfriend was the one that pointed out, he's like, you need some sort of social outlet because that was yeah. your social outlet and you're not getting that fulfillment from going to class or going to the gym or whatever. And so yeah. it didn't click until he said that. And it's true. So, well, and so my, my goal for us, because what I always do on this show is I start by saying to people, like, what is your pain point in your business? 
what is the pain point if I could wave a magic wand? And so I'm gonna say for you, I mean, you can tell me your pain point, but I'm gonna say for you, the pain point is this kind of this idea of what to do next Mm -hmm. and what type of job you might want next. Or do you feel like you know that? What would you say is your pain point? Well, I didn't think about this until literally last week, like what I wanted to do next. I mean, I- Oh, okay. I, I mean, was kind of thinking about it, but I still feeling lost and cloudy and whatever. And I think there was the shock. It was the shock. And I the grief. My family, I felt like my family was taken away from me. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. That's really hard. Um, it, it was really painful. But then after those couple months and finally just kind of figuring it out, going back to school helped just kind of see that there's light at the other end of the tunnel. And is the goal for going back to school, it's just get the cloud hanging over my head away. Yes. I think every single person can relate to feeling this way. Whether they lose a job or whether they own their own business. And I felt this way the last little bit where like I'm just uninspired by certain things and certain things haven't worked out. And it's I just keep being like, right and I had this amazing conversation yesterday and last night for the first time in honestly like six to eight months it was nighttime and I didn't just feel like turning on the tv I was like I think I'm gonna go to the gym and I was like whoa something in that conversation unlocked energy did you figure out what it was well yeah it's certain like a project an idea that I might want to execute on that's making me a little nervous and a little excited and I've been like is it a good kind of nervous or a bad kind of nervous? And I was like, the fact that I have this bouncy energy of momentum and I want to get up is a step in the right direction. Yeah. That happened to me right before I actually, the whole job went away. Oprah was in town. One of my clients um, got me a ticket. It was amazing. And, And it helped carry me on even after what happened. But it's like, the more authentic you are, it just, you know, you just need to be authentic with everybody it, and not be scared of your true self. Like the whole Oprah being authentic and whatever. There were so many points from that. It lit a fire in my butt. I was actually in the process of signing up school. That's when I decided, okay, I got to finish school and then do these other things. And so I kind of, in the last couple of weeks, I've kind of thought about other things that I want to do. Right now I'm kind of, I'm applying for Louis Vuitton is opening up a store downtown Ooh, at City Creek. I love it. I want to do that until I figure the next big step. But I also, I have an Airbnb. Um, I'm helping my parents open up an Airbnb. One of my friends has, they have a duplex downtown Salt Lake Mm -hmm. City. And I was, they said, they told me how many days they're usually booked out a year or a month. And I added up how much, I just added everything up. And it's, they make about over 150,000 a year. From the Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if I could just get like four or five properties, not even, maybe two or three. Yeah. Then... I'll be good. And then I can actually work on things that I enjoy, like helping others, helping inspire others or doing something. Cause I'd rather give back, give myself to others to help them than working in nine to five. So the question is the short term money needs, because right now you're looking at the Airbnb as like, that's going to pay the bills. And then I can do this thing I love. Yeah. Now, I actually just preached this to a whole bunch of people where I said, P.S., by the way, you don't have to make money doing what you love. Right. And that's like such a huge thing right now where it's like, you're good at this, monetize it. You're good at this, start a business. Well, going back to Oprah, sorry. Yeah. That's what... Never be sorry to go back to Oprah. (laughs) Ever. Never. So 
one of her other points that literally just like blew me away is kind of like what you said. She showed up, she was in Baltimore or something. She showed up to the mayor's house or the governor's house or something. And she noticed in the driveway where there was like a Jaguar, a BMW, a Mercedes. There was like five different cars that were really yeah. nice. And didn't do anything for her. She walked into, met the wife, was standing in the kitchen with the wife chatting. And she looked out the window and she saw six like oak trees. And she said she will know that she has made it once that she has trees in her backyard. Give me a break. It's like, beautiful. Yeah, it's the trees. And then she had her t- trees counted in her current one of her houses, like in Montecito. Yeah. Like, over 3,000 trees. What do you think are your trees? I just want to be happy at this point. Like, but what does being happy mean? Because everyone wants to be happy, but that's that's not specific. I know. And when we don't define things like success and happiness, see, Oprah, well, she set this marker. I will feel successful. When I have trees. When I have trees. Yeah. And so did Oprah need the trees to feel successful? No. no. She was still successful, but by be- defining it and giving herself this marker, she's able to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So by defining happy, by defining success, when you have it, you can stop and be like, crap. Like I have it because P.S. by the way, we both know this. We can have that killer body. We can have that killer job and still feel crappy with it and not feel successful. So I like this idea of thinking about like, what would be your trees? What would be your happy? That's something I'm going to have to think about some more. I love that. That's good. That's great. to Yeah. So think about, really think about that. But I want to reflect back to you what I've heard you say. Okay. And what I've heard you say is you feel absolutely in your element when you are helping people feel good about themselves. Yeah. You know firsthand that like the physical, emotional, mental pain of not being able to feel like yourself. Mm -hmm. So every single time you're able to give just a piece of that through styling someone, it's like healing for you, it's empowering for you, and it's like the ultimate sense of connection and gift you can give to someone else. Exactly. And so maybe just try this on for size, and this is something we do at the branding workshop, is you just try something on for size. Just like you know, people, you're not gonna, people are like, I don't wanna try that on, you're like, listen, just try it on. Well, yeah, you Trust never me. judge anything by the hanger. Yeah, you have to put it on. Okay, good, I love this. Okay, like, we're this is on the hanger right now and we're just going to try it on for like a couple weeks. What if your happiness, what if your success, what if your trees was, I am helping empower people to feel like authentically themselves. I would love that. Right. That feels so good for you. Yeah, no, it does. And the way, okay. So you're like, I know why I want to do it. So how are you going to do it? And what if the, how you did that was through helping people express or find or access their personal style? Do you want to keep doing that? I do. And I need to get back in touch with them and figure it out more. Have you heard of Encircle? Yeah, I love Encircle. One of the girls that runs it is, she used to work at Nordstrom. I I just said, what can I do to help? And she's like, you would be amazing because we have these, you know, transgender kids that just don't know how to dress. Oh, wow. Yeah. And 
it's a challenge. I'm totally willing to take it. Yeah. But, um, to help somebody with that would be amazing. It would and help me more than it would help them, to be honest. Like, But we like to give what we need. Yeah. And we're able to give more and with more energy and more passion and more sustainability, which is important when it's something that we see a real need for and we're really connected to. Yes. And so from a sustainability and scalability aspect, in order to grow something, mm -hmm. That is a great thing. Yeah. You can give it almost effortlessly. And that is not something everyone can do. So I think it's really important when we're trying to assess like, what do I wanna do next? What could be some good options for me is what can you do almost effortlessly? What doesn't drain you? So I feel like we're building like some really beautiful parameters. And the first parameter is it absolutely has to involve you physically in person being with people. Yes. You have to have something in your life that gets you with people. Yes. I think you're going to be happier doing a job that has people involved. Yes. One thing that is kind of miserable about an Airbnb is it does not involve people. Does uh, it? Well, mine does. Okay. Because I'm renting the basement. Oh, okay. So you'll see the people. They have to come in through my house to get down to it. And yeah. I thought at first, like, wow, this is going to be totally weird. Yeah. But I take them downstairs, show it to them and, you know, ask where they're from. They ask me about So you're doing and... that right now? Yes. And do you like it? I do. And is it making you enough money to pay bills or do you need more money to pay bills? It's covering the mortgage. Okay. That's magic. Oh, it's total magic. Like that is a miracle. That is magic. Like what a blessing. And it's also not sucking all of your energy and resources so that you can't do these other things. Right. So I say rather than try this on for size, just try it on for size. Okay. Yeah. Rather than thinking I need to go and do more Airbnbs to make more money so that I can give and do these things. Right. What if you use this Airbnb to cover the bills and pay the mortgage as you find a job or create a job that is your dream job? I like the creating part better. Okay, good. Okay. That's good. Okay, so like creating. So that's why I'm like, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to like, almost like bride of Frankenstein here, put together, okay, like what does this job look like? Okay, this is a job, like this is our dream job that we're creating and we're creating it. I absolutely need to be around people. Now, this is huge because a lot of people immediately are going to go, I need to build a business. I need to build a following on Instagram. I mean, Instagram's great, a great tool, but yeah. at the same time, like... It is draining. Okay, good. He just got so drained, he like almost fell through the floor. And so I love that because immediately what we know now is your income and your revenue is not going to come from people on Instagram. It's actually all been word of mouth. Which is Perfect. crazy. Like, no, that's not crazy. Well, You're a freaking professional. It, You're a professional stylist. Yeah. With 17 years of experience. And I, it was really a, a great, I loved it. Every second of it. Yeah. Every second of it. And so has anybody offered to give you money for anything right now? Like job wise in styling? Yes. What are you doing? What's um, the service? So what I do is I load up my credit card with a whole bunch of stuff and just have it sent to a location, uh, either my house or to work or to Nordstrom. And then the people at Nordstrom's will know me and they're like, yeah, go ahead and use, you know, the dressing rooms. And so I'll just set up this big grand dressing room for them and they shop from there. Okay. So what if you started putting together personal styling packages? Is that something you would want to do? Yeah, totally. 
But we want to get Nordstrom out of the equation. Yes. We don't need Nordstrom. And people who are going to spend money on personal dressing have a lot of money, Mm -hmm. which means they typically don't have as much time, which means they're typically willing to pay a lot of money for things that save them time. Yes. And they would prefer you to come to their house. Yes. There's one client down here that we've been talking about it. Yeah. So I think what would be awesome if you're interested and you're excited about it and it sounds kind of fun and gets your spidey senses tingling, (laughs) right? Is putting together a package or a service and saying, this is what I'm providing now. Can I do this for you? And reaching out to different clients. Can you do that? Yeah. Well, I've actually can't. I started thinking of like, okay, I need to write my clients a letter of like, what? Not specifically what happened, but how I'm not with Nordstrom anymore and whatever. Yeah. And then tell them. Here's what I offer. Yeah, exactly. I would freaking love that. My problem is I haven't collected any money from the clients that I've helped recently just because I don't know what to charge. That was my other thought when you were talking is you have been making money in a way where someone else set the parameters, someone else set the guidelines. You never had to ask any money. You've never had to say to anyone Mm -mm. what I have to say every damn day of my life, which is I am worth this much. I am asking for this much. Well, that's the other thing. When I was with Nordstrom, I mean, I had three more years left to finish to retire from there. Yeah. When I first started, like retirement program was like, you work 20 years, you can retire from here, keep your benefits and whatever. Times changed, but I was planning on putting three more years in at least. But I always was like, I mean, I make decent money, but I'm worth so much more with how hard I work and what I did for these people. I mean, I would drive to their houses, Park City, I mean, just everywhere. And this is really exciting because I don't know anybody in this business. And I usually I'm like, oh, let's talk to so-and-so. And I just don't know anyone, but I freaking love this idea of like what you were doing is you made more money based on how much more they bought. Yes. So I think you might in your brain be still thinking you price yourself that way. Yeah. You don't. You don't price yourself that way. You price yourself in, I'm providing this service and this is how much the service costs. Well, because there's so much more work that goes on before you get to the appointment. Exactly. Going through online or going to local stores and you know, buying everything and then whatever they don't keep, you have to return and just, yeah, it's, it's a couple several hours before and a couple hours after what why couldn't you use their money to buy things some of them i could what i've done in the past is like give me your name and password for your account or whatever yeah i'll pick out all this stuff we'll have it sent in and we'll go from there yeah and then i just order it all in and one client i did this for this specific client i did on my credit card i knew her style so well that i bought my limit was only thirty-five thousand, so i had to do it twice but i ordered in 60 Wait, 35,000 or 3,500? 35,000. 35,000, you ordered $70,000 worth of clothes. You ordered $70,000 worth of clothing? Ask me how much she bought. How much did she buy? 58. She bought $58,000 worth of clothing? Oh my gosh, my brain is exploding. I need more money. (laughs) (laughs) But like, and these kind of people are not, like, I mean, yes, they like their nice things, but they don't wear Chanel head to toe that says Chanel across it or Gucci or whatever. They just like how things lay, the textures, yeah. uh, just everything, the colors. Yeah. And you would meet them and you would never know that they had private jets. 
they don't talk about money or anything. It's just. And what do you think it is that they want to pay for? They love the the convenience and the yeah. I like I hit the nail on the head. Like she walked out with so much. Show me that you know me. Yeah. And you showed her that you knew her. And she also gets to walk around feeling confident and like I didn't have to think about this this morning. And I know I look good. And I have an outside validation. Niles told me I looked good in this. He told me it was flattering. And I know he has my best interest in mind. Well, and the best part after that too is like when she sends you pictures from her trip. I mean, she travels a ton, but she'll send pictures from her trip and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I love this idea of getting a system in place where either you have a certain amount of someone's money, like they deposit into a bank of money, or maybe they're not going to spend as much that way, right? Like if I was like, oh, I'm going to give you 30,000, not that I have this, but like I have $30,000 for clothes. Whereas like you may bring me $50,000 worth of stuff. And I'm like, yes, but the goal is no longer to sell people more stuff. It's it, the goal is just to dress people. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And so that's a little bit of a mind F too. And I also love like showing people like, you know, say there's like five items and how you can mix and match them to make it look yeah. like 15 outfits. Exactly. And so I think this idea of like a personal dressing concierge or concierge, wait, what is it? Con <laughs> concierge? Wait, how come I can I not say it right now? <laughs> I can't say it right now. But like this personal dressing, you know, guru who comes around with you or comes to your home and buys things for you and you have, how do they like to do it? Is it like, quarterly, monthly, when they have a trip coming up? It's usually trips. Also, well, the one client I just told you about, with her, it's usually trips and seasons. Trips and seasons. And for me, like when I make my millions, it will be events. Yeah. Like I have this many speaking events. I have this many workshops. I have this many things. I need different looks for all of these things. Yeah, and that, well, she she also, it gets on stage and stuff and yeah. whatever. And she can never find gowns that like, you know, cover her shoulders or whatever. And so I would always get in like five or six gowns and she's like, okay, I'll take all of them because she has so many engagements. So I think the first step is putting together a package of I'm going to be doing seasonal dressing. You know, I'm going to be doing event. If you would like for an event, here's how I'm available for hire. If you'd like to hire me for like a seasonal wardrobe, here's how I'm available to hire. If you'd like to hire me for like a one-time consulting. You do yeah. see what I'm saying? Wardrobe update. A wardrobe update. The things you need to throw away from your closet. You too. need to reach out to that list. You have it. I do. And what keeps you from doing that? Is it not knowing what to charge? I think that's the biggest factor. Um, because yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I've even driven to other locations with customers to other stores and whatnot. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to be the person that my, it's just my relationship that I value with them that I yeah. don't want them to think that I'm taking advantage. I'm not trying yes, to. Yes, but by you not being compensated, they are taking advantage of exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. We don't want that. That's a codependent relationship. We don't want to set that relationship anyway. And so I know when somebody is very clear with me, this is what I'm providing. This is how much it's worth. I then am very grateful that I can, okay, I'm valuing it. I'm paying for it. Here's how it's set out. It's a little tricky because was this something they were getting for free from Nordstrom? So, or yes. And Nordstrom? Nordstrom would pay you because you would be making commission. Yeah. As a personal stylist at Nordstrom, um, well, just as a salesperson at Nordstrom, yeah, you just make money off of what they buy. Yeah. And so again, I would prepare myself. I would order stuff in like hours, weeks of homework, basically. And then I would just get 
get paid basically by what they bought. Commission. It was full commission. Yeah. Essentially, you're like a personal influencer where like influencers make an affiliate rate on what they sell. So it's like if I sell you a book from Amazon, I make like some percentage of that book from Amazon. Right. It's like an affiliate, but an in-person affiliate is your commission, right? So I'm like, do you build relationships with these certain high-end brands and get an affiliate, like set up like an affiliate? with them. I don't think that's what you want to do. It's just an interesting idea. That is an interesting do you see what idea. I'm saying? But I think what you want to do is make money on your service rather than make money on the quantity that you're selling. Exactly. Right? Cuz I'm giving my whole heart here. Is any of that freeing to you? Like I don't have to buy everything from Nordstrom. I can go and shop at other places now for them? Yes. That's great. And so it's like, you could even think of it this way. You were making money on somebody spending $50,000 on clothing. What if you saved them $10,000 because you're saving money on pieces where you can save money Yeah, and and that money is coming to you now. And I, I do that. And I also don't want people to think that I only help rich people because no 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 you help me and i'm not rich you know what I mean? like, like, right like you'll help anyone no you're happy to help anyone but this was how you made your living yeah the name of the game was sell expensive items and you did so with integrity mm-hmm. just because you're selling expensive items doesn't mean you're not doing it with integrity yeah. you know what i mean like it doesn't mean you're not helping other people we're just looking at like a business for you yeah. because you want to make money so you can go to encircle and spend time and do that for free and not need any money so i would love to have more free time to help out with something like that. Exactly, exactly. So it's like literally just dreaming up like what's a dream business? And I have corporate clients. I charge five figures to speak. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it, you roll your eyes, but it's not easy to get well, that job. I'm not rolling my eyes. Yeah, you're just like, oh, like, like, right? Like I will charge five figures to speak, right? Yeah. But when the person who literally says, I have $300 in my budget for a speaker, but it's an event and I have the time and I have the energy because I was able to create money in abundance in this place, I can go and do it for free. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not like I only speak for five figures. Figures. Yeah. I don't only do that. I'm yeah. talking to you. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that. Right? Yeah. But exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's like you create the abundance there so you have more abundance over yeah. here. So what I want to do for you, I want to do a couple things. I want to do some takeaways for you and then okay. I want to do a pricing experiment off this. Okay. Like be done with this and do a pricing experiment. But the first thing I want to do is I want some takeaway actions for nails. I want you to do what we have done, which is this idea of Frankenstein's bride of a dream job. And I want it to be, do I work with people? Do I not work with people? Do I get paid for this or do I get paid for that? Do I get paid for selling people lots of stuff or do I get paid for my services? Yeah. Do I have a fixed price? How many clients do I think I want to have? Who are the first clients I'll reach out to? How much money have people seemed comfortable paying for this in the past? How much money do I think I could charge for this going forward? Do I know anyone who is doing anything like this? Do you know anyone you could talk to who is doing any sort of personal dressing or styling? I would have to get online because I've heard I, we've had people come in as stylists. I would reach out. I well, I I would love to see their business side of it and how it's yeah. for them. That's good, right? Like, but that's what they you're have a th- totally different style. They have a totally them. different style. You're gonna serve totally different clientele. And and I always go off of what the customer 
what their style is. I never try yeah. to like, I mean, yes, I'll make them try something on and it'll boost their confidence or whatever and push them outside the box. But um, I always work within the client's parameters so they're not uncomfortable. Well, and then the big cherry on top is we go back to why are you going to get uncomfortable? Why are you going to get uncomfortable and ask people to give you money? Why are you going to get uncomfortable and reach out to these people and ask them, is there something I can do for you to learn from you? And, yeah. you know, and the reason why is because you're excited about doing something that helps people feel like they are more authentically themselves. Yes. And so at the end of the day, that why, that's always going to be like, this is humiliating. I'm emailing this person and I'm asking them for help and I feel so stupid and they totally might say no to you. And I'm emailing my clients and this is so vulnerable and I feel like such an idiot. And it's- You just gotta put yourself out there. But it's also, why do you have to put yourself out there? Because what you care about, you personally, Niles, is, but what if I can help people more authentically feel like themselves? Yes. And what if I can make money doing that? And what if that money I make helps me to be able to go do it in these charitable ways? Mm -hmm. I'm then you're because what you had is you had a golden goose. You had a job that paid you well doing something you loved doing that made you feel good. And when I first saw you and told you that Nordstrom had let me go, you called it like my golden handcuffs. And, yeah, they're and golden the handcuffs. The way I translated it was it was a great job, but it was keeping me exactly not from fulfilling feeling fulfilled entirely. Yeah. So, cause there's a very, you grew as much as you could grow there. Yes. But back to the golden handcuffs with this idea of if there was more that you could have learned and have gotten from your experience there, you would still be there. So how do we know that you're done growing in that experience? Cause you no longer have it. Uh, yes, there's the golden handcuffs, but I think it was my, uh, the security of having a retirement and that's yeah. why I was waiting for those last three years. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to finish school, whatever. But that's three years. That's three years is a long time. 17 years is a long time. I can't, I love that you're in school and I think school is amazing and it's bringing you joy and there's the social aspect, but I can't even fathom a scenario in which you need a degree for anything. No, I, I, right? and I completely agree. But the other thing is I, it's for my mom too. That's beautiful. Okay, so I'm really excited. And I think the action items for you going forward is create the package, send the email. And we're gonna talk about pricing, you and I, but do you feel, other than that, do you feel like you could do that? I do, yeah, totally 100%. Don't you just love Niles? I'm so excited, guys. Don't worry. Niles and I have a concert we're going to. We're going to Todrick together. So Niles and I have a beautiful future together. But I just really, again, appreciate Niles and his vulnerability. And I know that you're going to grab some real specific parameters and ideas how to take you where you really want to be. And speaking of specific, actionable ideas, let's get into your business therapy questions. Business therapy question number one, what is my marker of success that will help Help me stop, notice, and feel successful. So Oprah has this beautiful story about looking around and feeling like having trees in her yard just meant that she's successful. And then she shares, I counted my trees and I had 200 trees. Because really, success, you're never going to feel successful. You're never going to feel like you are a success. Like, please just listen to me. Take it from me. I know some of the most successful people imaginable and they would 
would never outright say, yeah, I'm successful. It is so hard to feel that success. Think of it today. Create it today. What is that marker of success that will help you stop, notice, and feel successful? And once you hit it, make another one. What are those little markers of success? Okay, business therapy question number two. Are you letting what you think you need now prevent you from going after what you actually want? So I see this a lot that people like to come and say, hey, I'm working on this thing now and I've just got to get this squared away and then I can go and start working on this other thing. And especially with Niles, he's got, you know, some dream jobs, some dream ideas, some different things he wants to get into. And he gets on this idea of, okay, I've got to get this really practical thing squared away before I can actually start acting on this dream. And I do that even in my own business. I have a dream project that I want to work on, but I start giving myself parameters like I actually have to get this thing squared away before I can work on that dream. And the reason why I want to bring up the question is maybe it's really just fear. I think a lot of times we need to put our heads down and we need to keep working and we need to be smart and we need to be realistic about our finances. Yes, all of those things matter. And then most of the time, (laughs) why not go after your dream right this freaking minute? I mean, why not? You know, you can do them simultaneously. You really, really can. Just give yourself an hour. Like I talked to Nat Mads about in our episode about getting more time. Give yourself an hour to work on that passion, to work on that dream. Give yourself the space, the permission to just go after it without getting all these safety nets in place. So the question is, are you letting what you think you need now prevent you from going after what you really, really want? It's a good question. I've got a project that is scaring the crap out of me it is scaring the crap out of me. And I keep thinking, okay, I just got to make some money on this project so that I can really do that with confidence. But it's keeping me from getting started on it. And I can start taking steps without the money. You can always start taking steps without the money. Okay, business question number three. What are the specific parameters of your dream job? What do you do? Where do you do it? And who are you serving? This is always such a great exercise in any capacity. You might do it right now and realize you already have your dream job. What are the parameters of your dream job? What do you do? Where do you do it? Who are you serving? Again, it's the same with setting that marker for success. Clear definitions equal freedom. Clear definitions help us know where we want to go so that when we get there, we can say, yes, I'm here. And then you can stop and think about where you want to go next. So I want to thank Niles again for that beautiful episode. We'll link to anything that he wants to be public. You know, he's not trying to grow some big Instagram platform. And I love that. Isn't that refreshing? There's so many ways to be successful. You guys, I hope you're loving the business therapy questions. I'm loving them too. But you know, they really only work if you sit down and you actually think on them, write. The power of putting pen to paper is amazing. Talk them through and come up with answers to them, not just kind of quickly think about them in our ADD brains where we can't hold on to a thought for more than 30 seconds. Got to really focus so that we can really reap the benefits of what we focus on. And now I want to thank you for the reviews that are rolling in. You guys are amazing. They mean so much to me. I just appreciate them so much. I love choosing one to read and then sending you goodies from Party with Allison. And this review is from Bob 
Boss Baby Danny. That is such a good name. Thanks, Boss Baby Danny. I'm new to listening to this podcast, and it is just so fresh and fun. And even if sometimes what they're talking about is not necessarily your position, I feel like I can take some knowledge from it. I'm starting my projects, and this is giving me courage when I think I'm sucking. Thank you. Thank you, Boss Baby Danny. And I love how you point out that even though it's not necessarily like the exact thing that you're doing, there's always something to take from it. That is my exact hope with business therapy. So be sure to shoot us an email at info at allisonsbrandschool.com. I want to remind you about our Build an Awesome Brand workshop to check it out. And at the end of this week, I think it will be on Thursday, our Instagram for you, how to make Instagram for you online course is going to be launching. So to be sure to look for that, make sure that you are a member of our Boss Babe in crowd. We send out action items every week and we keep you abreast of ticket sales. Somebody said, I keep feeling like I'm missing ticket sales and course updates. That's because we miss a lot of stuff on Instagram. So if you want like a quick summary of each podcast episode, you want an action item every week, join our Boss Babes in crowd newsletter. And we've been really good about sending it out. And I've been getting a ton of positive feedback on it. People are loving it. And then you'll know when things are happening and you don't want to miss them. You guys are doing an amazing job. I appreciate you being here so much. And of course, here's what you need to know. If you feel called to do it, freaking do it. wants to invite you to join Pleasant Pictures Music Club. If you are a content creator, you can save 20% off with the code BUSINESSTHERAPY. So go to pleasantpictures.club and enjoy this jaunty tune.